0: Staying grounded, what does it mean? Who here is taking physics? What is ground? What do you mean, like, what is ground in, in physics? What is ground? In, in physics, what is ground? Zero. Electrically, it means to be connected
1: to a grounding source like the Earth. Right. If you have a current either flowing through you or you have a static charge, that means that when you physically contact the Earth sufficiently, the electrons will travel from you to the Earth, or vice versa, depending on your
0: balance. I remember, What I remember from physics is what? It is most succinctly defined as, basically what the brother said, most succinctly defined as what? An infinite, an infinite, a theoretically infinite source of positive and negative charge. Theoretically, so all the electrons will come into it, it can suck in all the electrons without itself being being affected. Technically,
1: right? the Earth isn't infinite in its electrical charge, but it might as well be
0: on right. scale. Practically speaking, right? So the idea is with staying grounded is what? G- Ground is this thing. It's not affected by what's other than it it is a constant. Other things are in flux, the ground is what stays the same. The day will come, the night will come, they're different ahwal, but still the fundamental reality of where you are and what's going on, it remains fundamentally unchanged. And this is the whole idea about deen. Deen is what? It is your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as a point of aqeedah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is as He was and will always be. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not affected by time. To ask where and when with regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is an incorrect question because time and space themselves are his creations. We are caged inside of time and space, but he is not. Rather, it is one of his creation just like we are one of his creations. He doesn't, he isn't enveloped by it. Rather, he envelops all things. The deen that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what? It is a deen of wahi, it is a deen of revelation and revelation tells us about universal truth it tells us about what universal truth we alluded to this in the previous talk that if allah ta'ala had wished he would have sent down a quran which was what wake up at five a.m. in the morning this is what you do at 5:05. This is what you do at 5:15. This is what you do at 5:47, etc., etc. If he wished to, he could have sent the Quran like that. But a, he chose. He, he it was his choice, his decision not to send it like that. And b, if he sent it like that, it would have the dean would have not been successful because we wouldn't. It wouldn't have been suited to us for us to understand that message. That a message wouldn't have engaged with us. Why? Because the Qur'an is a book of teachings, the Sunnah is a corpus of teachings that are primarily geared toward universals, not toward particulars. What is a universal? A universal is a precept that is always true. It is something that allows you to understand no matter what situation you're in, no matter what situation you're in, no matter what your circumstances are, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're married, whether you're single, if you're black, white, purple, blue, whatever you are, right? A person can turn blue if they're not breathing so well, right? Purple if they're not breathing so well. Whatever situation you're in, there are certain things that will never change. There are certain things that will never change. The first, the Cartesian origin. You remember what origin is, right? Zero, zero. The Cartesian origin of existence is what? It's the reality of la ilaha illallah. If you don't have that reality, you're free-floating in space. What's true? What's false? What's alt facts? What's real facts? What's real news? What's fake news? You know, you have your, your uh, uh, you know, version of stuff, I have my version of stuff and everybody is just, you know, living in this like pointless fruit salad of existence that started from nowhere and is nowhere right now and is going to an even more messed up nowhere. This is not the worldview we have. This is not the teachings of the Dean. If someone's knowledge leads them to this, then their knowledge is leading them from a lesser ignorance to a greater ignorance. The point of knowledge is what to go from a state of ignorance of not knowing to a state of knowing what's going on if you don't understand anything if what you're teaching and learning is just increasing your confusion then what's the point point? and this is what i want to first put forth to our brothers and sisters which is the idea that universals you must understand them first and then based on those universals you will be able to chart a course of action that is reasonable and beneficial for you and for others in this world and in the hereafter. You'll be able to chart a course for yourself and for others as individuals and as a group in this world and the hereafter that is reasonable and that is beneficial. Whereas if you don't know universals and you're mired in particulars, you may be a person who has a whole lot of information, but you have absolutely no knowledge whatsoever. This is part of our dean. we alluded to it in the previous talk as well which is what we believe in a spiritual existence we believe that physicality is not all that's there in this universe people who believe that the only thing that exists in the universe is that which is physical they are empiricists they are reductionists empiricist means what the one who only believes in the things that can see smell taste touch Something that they can physically interact with or interact with on a sensory level. <laughs> are there things that are, that are not physical, but they're real? Is there anything that's not physical, but it's real? Love. Love. Mashallah. A little tie-over from marriage talk. <laughs> such an important thing.
1: Yes? The more interesting physics discussions you look at on YouTube um, discuss how physicality doesn't actually exist anyway. Because when you reductionists start taking atoms apart, which the word atom means indivisible, but they can divide it, and they find other particles, and they try and take those apart, and at some point, they get down to fields of potential reality that cannot be defined as an object. Nothing actually exists.
0: Well, I, I, would, I would like to differ with that, but the idea is what? The, the idea that that is what is that physicality is not the apex of existence, rather it's the lowest form, it's the lowest form, spirituality is an existence that is more real than physicality, there are many things that are real that are not necessarily physical, another, another example is zero zero being a philosophical concept without zero you cannot do any calculations thermodynamic calculations load calculations electricity understanding any of these things they all become impossible with zero can someone show you zero We can show a circle but that's not zero that's actually something right it's a symbol that represents literally nothing right mathematics when you're doing two x and what is this x that you speak of what is it is it actually something that exists it's pure symbolic manipulation. You're talking about nothing. You're talking about things that don't exist. And the ideas that you understand by being able to transact in that world of abstraction, those ideas are what? Those ideas are things that allow you to manipulate the physical world around you in a way that physicality cannot teach you about that realm. Because water, you know, water flows uphill, downhill. Everything, there's a gradient in in a direction in which things go. They go from a higher state to a lower state. Physicality is the lowest state of existence. However, we are surrounded by a people who say what? If you cannot see it, taste it, smell it, touch it, doesn't exist. So we would say, we respect you as human beings. We honor your rights. And we uh, 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 look out and pray for your well-being. But with all due respect, this is something that doesn't make sense to us. This is something that we disagree about. Now, what happens is when you have the suhbah of a people, when you keep the company of a people, your traits rub off on them, their traits rub off on you. So there are many people who never spent time trying to understand what the wahi teaches. The wahi teaches you how to, the the revelation teaches you how to engage your mind. This is called the aqidah, almost no one's read it. The wahi teaches you how to engage your heart, not the physical heart. Physical heart, you can engage it on a treadmill. The, the spiritual heart, right, which is like we said from before, the center of where intentions are formed. That you engage through a, a, a science of, uh, of, of the deen known as tazkiyah or tasawuf. And then the limbs, you engage that through fiqh, which is what? Your ibadah, through fiqh through the law, which is your ritual law, ibadah, your mu'amalat, your transactional law, your mu'asharat, your uh, uh, laws with regards to human relationships. This is a holistic way of looking at life. It's not reductionist, it doesn't just say you're just a physical being and to heck with everything else because it doesn't exist because I can't smell it, right? What 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 is it? It is a holistic way of approaching a person's being. That is not going to be affected properly or affected at all except for on the heels of universal understandings. Those universal understandings will come to you from revelation. Those universal understandings will come to you from revelation. So I'm not saying that what's in the sensory world around you is a, an invalid source of information. It is a very valid source of information. Every time you touched fire, it burned you. So by all means, be my guest and don't touch fire again. Every time it was negative 30 degrees outside and you didn't have a shirt on, you almost died of hypothermia, please don't do it again. Okay? Every time when you were hungry, you ate food and you felt better, please, next time you're hungry eat something, as long as it's not haram, right? A second source of information is what? Is what your rational, rational information, your ability to form analogies, whether, whether they be a priori, right? What's the a priori analogy? A priori analogy is, uh, it, you know, if two is bigger than one, then three must be bigger than one, because three is bigger than two, right? It's, it's analogies like what? That the whole of something is necessarily bigger than its part. Right? This is why we respectfully disagree as Muslims, we respectfully di- uh, I respectfully disagree as a Muslim with my uh, uh, neighbors and respected uh, friends and neighbors uh, uh, you know, of, uh, you know, of the Christian faith. Why? Because Jesus, alayhi salaam, he was a part of the earth. He's a part of the earth. God created the earth. God is greater than the earth. How can a part of the earth be, gr- be, be equal with something that's greater than the not it, it doesn't make sense. Right? Rational knowledge is also a source of information about the world around you. But just like for example, rational knowledge allows us to understand things about the world around us that experience doesn't. That that the that sensory knowledge doesn't. Right? A shark, if you if you if you touch it with something cold, it will feel cold. A a, a bunny rabbit, if you put fire to its... Don't ever do it, please. It's not nice, right? But if you were to hold a little bunny pod to the fire, it would be like, ah, like that's... You know, it wouldn't say it because it can't speak, but it would feel the sensation of burning and know that that's something, that's something that that, that I don't want to do as a bunny rabbit. Animals and us are equal or very similar, at a very similar level in our engagement with this level of reality, this source of truth. On top of it, you have this rational faculty. Some animals have this rational faculty. But it's much less developed than it is in a human being. Just like we have all this knowledge of the world around us, all this knowledge of the world around us, because of our our perfection and good use of our rational faculties, that gives us a, a bigger and a quicker source of attaining knowledge than the uh, use of sensory perception does. Just like that, on top of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a gift to His creation, having understood completely and intimately everything in creation inside out, which is so much, which is so much, none of us ever could understand it. What is a galaxy? How can a person fathom a galaxy in non-abstract terms? You cannot do it. What is how many, you know, how many atoms are there in an apple? You can't do it, and like the brother pointed out, the subatomic particles within that atom are so many that you couldn't even figure that out as well. All of the realities in the world, and this is just the physical world, all of the physical realities, spiritual realities, intellectual realities, all of these realities, the one who could understand them is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he boiled them down to certain precepts and he gave them to us for our benefit. Just like the bunny rabbit doesn't have, I mean it has a brain, like we have a brain, anatomically brain is very similar, the processes in the brain are very similar, but it's not equipped to be able to process all that information in order to be able to figure out how to make a skyscraper. Even a a greater stretch of an analogy than that is what? Is that a human being is not going to understand reality, not going to understand existence without the help of this wahi that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us. Now, does this mean that sensory information, sensory knowledge is useless, is bogus? No. There are some people who believe that as a philosophy. I don't believe that. Does it mean rational knowledge is bogus and we should like suspend our our mind and like suspend rationality and just take, you know, take God's existence on faith? No. Not at all. As a point of aqidah, we consider rationality to be a valid source of knowledge. We consider it to be a valid source of knowledge. We accept that Allah Ta'ala exists on a rational basis. Not on a se- not on an empirical basis, not a, a, on a sensory basis. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala there's no one like unto him. He's unlike his creation. So to see, taste, smell, touch, it doesn't make sense. It violates one of our own first principles that we laid out from the beginning that Allah Ta'ala laid out for us. The, the the visions will not see him even though he sees all the visions, Jalla Allah. However, rationally we know he has to exist because everything in the world of causes and effects needs a cause to to, to, to bring it into effect. Nothing happens from nothing. So well who created God then? We said God is not a part of the, the 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 realm of causes and effects. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, time, see the sequentiality of time uh space, things being next to each other, the order tartib of of space. These things are all creations of his. He's not caged inside of them, rather he's the one who uh he's the one who built them for us to be housed in. Jalla Ala. So coming back to what we're talking about staying grounded, does it matter if Democrat is president? Does it matter if Republicans president? doesn't matter if we have a president at all or a prime minister or a chancellor or uh, 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 an emperor or a king or a prince or god knows whatever and we have a ceo running the country doesn't matter none of those things matter none of those things matter in the universal in the realm of the universal they may matter for a visa that i need they may matter for the price of, of, of gas at the pump they may matter for uh you know how easy it is for me to get a job or how affordable healthcare is or any of those things they may matter in particular but in terms of the universal level of knowledge they have no impact whatsoever universals they govern particulars particulars don't tell you anything about universals in isolation nor do they govern universal principles the rational way of proceeding with your life, if you wish to benefit yourself in this world and the hereafter, is to engage with the universals and let the universals guide how you deal with particulars and not the other way around, not the other way around. So what happens in, the, in our community, we have a scenario like this, okay? Our community is under, under attack by certain people um, and XYZ people who we disagree with on some moral principle helped us out so we should help them out because they helped us. What is it? There's a particular scenario, and you're backward engineering how you're going to behave based on the particular whereas? How should you have? How should you have uh, done your actions that you did? Based on what? Universal principles. Based on what? Universal principles. What's the difference? If you are only focused on the physical and you are only focused on the particular. What is different between you and between other people? As Muslims, what, what, what is different between you and them? Absolutely nothing whatsoever. If we are going to follow the same model of behavior and the same model of viewing the world, then it makes sense for us to abandon Islam altogether because our Islam is an impediment to our well-being in this country. It is an impediment to us getting jobs. It is an impediment to us uh, 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 earning a living. It may be an impediment to our freedom one day. It may be a cause of us being put in internment camps and jails and all of these other things one day. It may be an impediment to us staying here. We may be deported, the place we're deported to. It may be an impediment to us living. We get droned because of it. What's the point of all of it if you're going to, at the end of the day, do the same thing that other people do? The reason for this Islam is what? Is that it will garner for us a a respectable life in this world, whether it's fun or not fun. Right? And I think fun is overrated. There are many people who have fun their whole life and end up uh, dying heartbroken. Whether it's fun or not fun, it will give us a respectable, a respectable and an honorable life in this world. And bigger than that, greater than that, more important than that, what will it do for us? It will earn for us salvation in the hereafter that we can show a face in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we we, we, we we recognized you. We put our hopes in your mercy. We put our hopes in your forgiveness. We never put our forehead on the ground, neither physically, nor intellectually, nor politically, nor in any other way. We never put our face to the ground and submitted to anyone other than you, Ya Allah. That's what the point of the Islam is. If we're going to behave like other people are going to behave, then wallahi our likeness is like that of Banu Israel, who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved them from pharaoh saved them from his armies saved them from slavery delivered them from uh, their enemies they watched and they saw literally those armies crushed and drowned in the uh, in the red sea right before their eyes through a miraculous process and then after having survived all of those things what did they do they said to say musa alayhi salam when they saw other people worshiping idols give us a god like these people have a god Is this a good thing or a bad thing? It's a horrible thing. The point of these stories in the Quran is not so that we laugh at other people. The point of these stories in the Quran is what? Is so that we can take a lesson from other people's mistakes. It's a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The happy person. And happy here doesn't mean like, oh, I'm happy. It means what? The person who's happy forever, meaning the one who make it on the day of judgment. The happy person is who? The happy person is the one who takes a lesson from other people's misfortunes rather than having to be afflicted with all of them themselves before learning the thing that they could have figured out without having to go go through the hardship. If we are going to allow our particulars to govern the way we behave as Muslims, I submit humbly that our Islam has no point whatsoever. Who are the people though that we, who are the people that we look to for inspiration as Islam, who are our heroes in Islam? You can start from Rasulullah sallallahu to the Sahaba ta'ala anhum. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu what happened? Abu Talib, his uncle, who had given him protection, who loved him and who he loved, he was dying. And the people of, of Quraysh, the mushrikeen of Quraysh, the patrician and enfranchised class of Quraysh, they said, make a settlement before you leave this world between us and your nephew. And what does he do? He calls the Prophet say, I'm your uncle. I did so much for you. I loved you so much. You love me. Have a settlement with them. Make some sort of compromise. You worship their gods on one day, they worship your your God on one day. You follow their way on one day, they follow your way on one day. Throw them a bone so we can make some sort of compromise. Throw them a bone. Why? The Quraysh are mercantile people. They're negotiators. But you know the problem, the misunderstanding was? The misunderstanding was Islam is not a business, it's not a shop, we're not selling anything. Despite the fact that we see many Muslims falling prey to this misunderstanding, and they're ready to be for sale. العظيم, the turban is not for sale, the beard is not for sale, the hijab is not for sale. This is the way the best of our forefathers were. What did they say to Rasulullah Sallallahu He said, make some sort of compromise with them. He said my dear uncle and it, he was crying, he was weeping. Why? Because he loved him so much. It's not like he's like a, a callous person. He sees this is his uncle, he did so much for him. If there's someone he owed, he owed him. If there's someone he wanted to do something f- and he's dying. If you, he, if there was anyone he wanted to do some khair for and to do a favor for and make happy, it would have been him. It would have been him. What did Rasulullah say? He said, Wallahi, if they put the sun in my right hand and they put the moon in my left hand, I still I still wouldn't wouldn't be able to give them anything. Why? Because this deen comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's his commandment by which we follow it, and it's with him that we seek the reward, not with the patrician kibar al jahiliya of Quraysh or of anyone who comes after them. The, the 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 beard is not for sale. The hijab is not for sale. We are people who transact in universals. Whoever submits to Allah Ta'ala does so for their own benefit and their reward was with Him. And whoever rebels against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does to their own detriment, and even if all of us were to get together and show gross ingratitude to Allah ta'ala for all of the ni'mah and all of the blessings and mercy that He gave us from the time He created us until, uh, until the time we returned to Him, it wouldn't harm Him in one bit. It's only for our, our, our own benefit. What is, the, what is the principles? What inspires us in these principles? Jump from Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi until this time, this era, this age. Right? Anyone know who Muhammad Ali is? Right? Muhammad Ali is a person, there's a saying in Arabic. They say in Arabic, Al-fadlu ma bihi al True virtue is that thing that one's own enemies bear witness to, that yeah, this guy was a good guy. If one's, friends said it, you'd say they said it, they said it out of love. Al-hubbu right, Well, you sing. That, 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 that love blinds a person and makes them deaf. You know, every mother thinks that their son is, mashallah, the most handsome in the world, even though, y- you know. So <laughs> the, the, the idea is what? The idea is if your enemy is there, there's no conflict of interest for them to say something good about you. So more likely than not, he's going to say something good about you. There were those who even refused to allow him to be called Muhammad Ali. Just the name, the tasmiyyah, offended them so much. They re- refused to call him by his Muslim name. They kept calling him by his slave name. Now tell me something, why does Muhammad Ali inspire us? Because he went to corrupt and immoral people and compromise with them? Because he was you know, watching polls and seeing you know, what's gonna make people around me happy? No. What did he say? They tried to draft him to go fight in Vietnam. There were other leaders of his own community who were saying to him, take this opportunity. You will fight in an integrated unit. It will show that, that we are, that black people and white people are equal to one another. This is a big chance to showcase. They're not even going to make you do anything that dangerous. They're just going to take you for a photo op and take some pictures of you. They'll use it as a recruitment tool for other people. You won't even have to do anything. It's so easy. It's so easy. And then our people will will, will make advancement. Our people will be advanced through this. Remember we said particulars. Particulars versus universals. In front of universal, any particularity is all infinitesimal whether it has to do with one person with one family with one race with all of creation in the face of the creator everything particular is almost nothing compared to him <laughs> which side did he take what did he say they told him to go fight in vietnam what did he say <laughs> ain't no Viet Cong ever call me a nigger you hear the words it sends like electricity through your heart and it's not just because you pray five times a day there are people in this country they hear this and they see this is this Kalam is not from this world. This speech is not from this world. The one who has the strength and the honor and the the intellect and the the, the, the heart to say something like that that inspiration doesn 't come from this world because everybody else is trying to make a buck, everybody else is trying to ingratiate themselves, everybody else is trying to be uh, you know get by. Everybody else is trying to uh, indulge their own uh, 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 desires, indulge their own uh, hunger and their thirst, and indulge their own shahawat and their own passions. And this is a man who his basar, his his vision was munsarif. It was cast away from particularity and toward universality. And he said, what? He said, I have no need to fight these people. These people didn't do anything to me. This is another man's war, and it's an immoral war, and I'm not going to take part in it. I'm not going to take part in it. There are people to this day who disagree with him. They say we were fighting communism. It was this big threat. Maybe they have kind of a point. Maybe, maybe they do. Allahu alam. But to look at the gall of a man who did what he thought was right without worrying about it. They stripped him of his title and they sent him to jail. And wallahi al-alim, in being stripped of his title and being sent to jail, he was given honor. He was given honor by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the eyes of the creation that 10 titles and being free for a, a thousand years wouldn't have given him. You, you 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 know you remember the week is It was cool to be Muslim in this country. It was a fleeting moment, admittedly, but it was cool to be Muslim. Why? Because these other Muslims, man, they're trying to make a buck. They're opening liquor stores in the hood. They're uh they're like my name's Muhammad, but you can call me Mo, right? They're trying to they're trying to they're trying to hide their hijabs and uh, shave their beard and like you know do whatever to get by. But this guy's not like them. He's not like why. Why? Because he has heart, because he sees something that other people don't see. He has vision. He has this, this, this message that is universal. Even if you don't like him, the only person who's going to disagree with it is somebody who doesn't like virtue, somebody who doesn't like fairness, someone who doesn't like justice. It's something that everyone can appreciate. This is not something that he came up with himself. This is a great tradition that we have. This is a great tradition that we have that starts with, 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 with Sayyidina Adam a. With Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam, the idol-breaker. Start, it starts with the Prophet Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam. Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam. It starts with these people, these people who... You know, Musa alayhi salam, why is he the most mentioned prophet in the entire Qur'an? Why is Moses the most mentioned prophet in the Qur'an? More so than, even by name, the Prophet Muhammad alayhi Because his story is an archetypal story. He is a man who has empty hands. He was literally sentenced to death before he was even born. And Allah ta'ala miraculously protected him and still gave him his mother, still gave him his sister. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the palace of Fir'aun, in the palace of Pharaoh, the, the den of his enemy. Adul Lakum wa Lakum. That that the den of his enemy, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised him up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him nubuwa, Allah Ta'ala gave him insight, and then said, That 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 danger you were saved from, now this is the time you and your brother go and say the haq, go back. Who in their right mind would go back? Who in their right mind would go back? Allah said, no. This truth, it has its own attraction. It has its own spark in it. It has its own, it's, it's own uh, attractiveness. It has its own you know, gravity that pulls a person to it. The one who loves it, it pulls them. The one who hates it, it pulls them. Nobody, neither of them can sleep at night because of their, this truth. The one who loves it, they can't sleep at night because they wake up and they pray Hajj. they raise their hands in front of it in submission. And the ones who hates it, they can't sleep at night because of how disturbed they are from it. Nobody can ignore it. No matter if you're a king or you're a peasant, nobody can ignore it. Sayyidina Musa alayhi go back. Say the haq to this Fir'aun. You are the lowest of the low. You are the weakest of the weak. Your people are barely humans in their system. Your people, You want to talk about slavery, your people are barely humans to them. Your people are like animals to them. Your people are to be killed, kicked, squashed. Your children are to be massacred mercilessly in front of them. You're nothing in front of them, but with Allah Ta'ala, you're something. Go, the two of you with my dhikr, go and, and stand and, and say the truth to them. And what happens? They get buckwashed by Fir'aun, right? Here's my, here's my miracle. You throw your stick, it becomes a snake. You remove your hand. Moana, please come. This is Moana Abdul Qahar. This is, uh, mashallah, one of our local Detroit Olaman. You didn't even know it, mashallah. Mashallah. Moana, please come sit in the front, Mashallah. You know how all, all these Desi people talking madrasa, madrasa. His father-in-law is one of the first uh, Darslizani graduates, madrasa graduates uh, uh, in North America. Mashallah, in the 70s, he went to study. And he's uh, he's African American, he's not Desi. So you know, mashaAllah and he's Khalif and Ta'ala accepted from him. What do you say He came with the right message, it makes sense, and he even came with a miracle as proof. He came with a miracle as proof. Then the then the crap show starts, then the 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 the, the little the tamasha the, the, the little game start. They say, Oh he's just a, he's just a sorcerer, right? What do we, we have facts, and then we have alt facts, right? <laughs> okay, the, okay, yeah, this is the alt facts. Let's, let's get, g- get going with that fraud, right? So, I like, I could kill him right now on the spot, but then everyone will know he only killed him because he told the truth. So, let's try to, uh, you know, let's try to dance around this, this, this issue, this problem. So, what happens? We're going to go call the sorcerers. And uh, we're going to make it Yom Zina. It will be like a Eid. Everybody come. You know, Eid you get d- dressed up and go early in the morning, and it's gonna you know have a, you know you're gonna have a fun day. Let's go. And the sorcerers, like, they say to Fir'aun, what if, what if, uh, what if you know we, we do this work for you, you know, will you pay us? Will you? This? Yeah, yeah. You'll get this. You'll get that. I'll make you. You can come and go from the palace anytime you want to. You'll be like, we'll be homies. We'll be tight. You know, we'll, we'll be tight. That's it. Because the sorcerers are like, you know, it's just a job to us. It's just a job. You know what I mean? They don't even know about none of this hop and all this other stuff, right? It's a magician. And magician is not known to be like a great source of morality in any society. Or immorality for that matter. They're just trying to, they're just trying to hustle a buck like everybody else is, right? So what happens? They, they, they show up on the thing and they start doing their little magic show. And it's so cute. And the, their, their little snaky things are like moving around. And, and then, and then Sayyidina Musa, he, he throws his staff. And it's actually a real snake, and it destroys all of their magic. And they're like, uh, <laughs> this just got a little too real, right? You're not really supposed to be able to do that. <laughs> you're supposed to make it look like you're doing that. This guy actually did something that that's completely out, you know, out of our frame of reference that this is even possible. And so they said, man, this guy's, this guy's telling the truth. He, even his message, you know, we weren't trying to be you no know, like political or nothing like that. We are just trying to make a buck, but his message made sense. And like this guy just actually did this. Something else is up right now. So what do they do? They make that in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, infuriating Fir'aun. He said, did you, did, you, did you change your deen in front of me without my permission? I will make an exemplary punishment because now he can't do nothing. All he can do is, what, he can, what can he do? He just start killing people. What happened to Malcolm <laughs> What happened to, to Martin Luther King? At that point, you can't do nothing. You just all you can do is just, just kill them, just whack them. That's it, done. What happened? He said, "Cut their right arm off and, and cut their left leg off and crucify them, as an exemplary punishment for anyone who think about anyone who think about saying anything to me." Still didn't deter Sayyidina Musa alayhi It still didn't deter. What is the lesson Allah Taala is telling telling us? What is the lesson Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is teaching us? You stay with the haq. They said, What? Go ahead, and kill us. All you can do is kill us in this world. The thing that's on the other side, that where that whole thing that we just saw came from, that thing will never end. That thing is something that, will, that, that thing is something you can't touch, all you can do, right? Do whatever, make whatever order you want to, you can only boss people around in this life of this world. This is temporary, there's a higher life than this. The Akhirah is better than this world, it's more intense than this world, and it will last forever. What is it? You stay with the Haqq. You were ordered to be killed, as a child, and they ended up raising you. Just stay with the Haqq. You, you fled from them uh, because they were gonna kill you. Just stay with the Haqq. Go back. Tell them the truth. Stay with the Haqq, you'll be okay. They won't touch you. Go, to the, go and deal with their sorcerers. Just stay with the Haqq, Allah Ta'ala will protect you. Even the sorcerers knew, even if he kills us, what can he, what can he you can't do anything to us. After that, Banu Isra'il, Allah Ta'ala gives wahi to Sayyidina Musa alayhi islam. Let's say your prayers and wait for my order and then by the early part of the, the, the morning, by the early part of the morning, take them to the sea, it's time to leave. The hosts of Fir'aun bear down on them, right? What did they leave? Kunuz and Maqam and Amin, they, Jannat, all of these things. They had their beautiful houses, their entire civilization these people left from, they picked up arms and they thought we we're going to now, this is the day we're gonna squash these bugs. That's what they were to them, they're bugs. This day we're gonna squash these bugs. And then afterward what happened, even Musa alayhi <coughs> salam, his own people, some of his own people, right? He was a person, He's a nabi, he was a person of iman, his own people, not all of them were people of that level of iman. Many of them, we don't just say that they're all evil, or many of them were awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the highest order. Yusha bin Noon and Kalib were actually anbiya alayhi after him. But the people, the riffraff were, were, were grumbling, and can we blame them? We have less iman even than they do. Can we blame them? What do they say? This is it. There's the sea in front of us. The army, the host of Fer- Pharaoh is coming down behind us. That's it. He's, get, he, he's got us. It's done. Jig is up. Game over. Done. What does Sayyidina Musa say? It's one of the most beautiful things in the Quran. Even though it's not even eloquent by that standard. It's just a few very simple words. He says, No, my Lord is with me. My Allah Ta'ala is with me. He'll show me what to do. He'll show me what to do. Allah Ta'ala gives him the, the, the order that you strike your, 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 your staff into the ocean. You know Mullah Ali Al-Qari? Who here knows who Mullah Ali Al-Qari is? He was, a, he was an old muhadith, old school muhadith in Makkah Mukarramah. He wrote like just a ridiculous, like a very almost unbelievable number of books. He was a great muhadith and Faqir. He actually wrote a small risala and a piece about how uh, having a stick with you. al bi al asa min sunan al anbiya that that, that, that that carrying a stick with you is uh, a sunnah of the Prophet and he talks about what the benefits of it are and whatnot. That's why it's a sunnah sometimes some massages. cause I think people are too cool for the sunnah nowadays, but back in the day when the sunnah was cool, uh, the, the the khutbah was always given with the with, with the with the staff in hand for a number of reasons that we're not gonna go into right now. So you hear the story of Sayyidina Musa alayhsam quite cool, like I wanna carry a staff as well, right? <laughs> they don't like it at the airport, so I just I leave it at home, but <laughs> right? And it's definitely not the most important thing in your deen either. But it is cool, because one day when, when, when Sayyidina Musa, you hear about him, then you're like, that was, that's, that's cool. What did he do? Allah commanded him. He said, strike your staff into the ocean, and a path will open for you. A dry path, it won't even be wet or soggy. A dry path will open open for you, and then both of the, both of the sides of the, the sea, they stand like mountains, waiting for him. And so what happens, they go through, and they're in the sea, and the host of Pharaoh enters in as well, They come out, the the, the waves crash, and they destroy them. Fir'aun was a man of so much kibar. Fir'aun was a man of so much arrogance. He's a man of so much arrogance. Literally the Mufassirin say that the angels were filling his mouth with water as he was drowning. They're filling his mouth with water so he could not say anything, so that he couldn't say anything out of fear that he'll say la ilaha illallah before he dies and that Allah will forgive him even for that. Which should be what? Should be a lesson to us of how valuable this la ilaha illallah is when you have it, go ahead and say it. It's okay if you looked at something bad on the internet or you smoked some weed or you you know, whatever, all these things there. It's not okay to do those things, don't do them. But if you made a mistake in the past, then call Allah Ta'ala's name. He's the one who waits for the, for the, for, for, for the, uh, uh, for your tawbah, for your repentance more than you're avid for it. He loves your repentance more than you're avid for it angels are filling his mouth with water, filling his mouth with water. This better this disgusting person better not, say la ilaha illallah before it's time to take his ruh, because this is the prize that belongs to Jahannam. We're not gonna let anyone take it away from us this day. This is what the one who keeps his ta'alluq his, his, uh, 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 and his connection with the haqq. I don't say don't be an activist. I don't say don't have a political position. I don't say don't uh, 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 you know, w- take up social justice issues. I, I myself have positions on these things. I myself feel very passionate about them. And maybe my ideas about them are different than your ideas. And maybe your ideas are better than mine. Because I'm not a Nebi that everything I say is correct. Maybe I have some knowledge in one thing and you have knowledge in another thing and your knowledge is better than mine. But universals, what is a universal? The universal is what? yamuru addul amanati ila ahliha. Allah Ta'ala commands you that you should, you should, you correct me if I read the ayah wrong, right? Allah Ta'ala commands you to return the, return the uh, trusts to the ones that trusted you. If someone trusted you with something, you return that trust. Meaning if someone said, hey, can you keep this $100, you know, and I'll get it back for you later? You don't get a chance, you don't get to spend it and be like, oh, I'll just give it you know, later to someone or whatever. You don't have the right to do that. You don't have the right to do that. Rather, Allah Ta'ala commands you that you should preserve people's trusts and return them to them. And the other tafsir of this is the trust that Allah Ta'ala gave you. Your eyes, He gave you as a trust. Allah, forgive us for having abused them. Our ears, Allah gave us as a trust. Allah Ta'ala, forgive us for having abused them. Those, every finger in your, in your both hands. Imagine if a person slaps or hits another human being. Muslim or not, without haq. And it's almost never with haq. Every, every, every small part of every finger that hit that person, it's a trust you violated from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your tongue is a trust every time you made fun of somebody, every time you mocked somebody, jeered at somebody, and you didn't have a right, and we almost never have a right to do that. It. it was what? A violation of trust. Allah ta'ala commands you to keep his trust for him and return it to him clean. Not like someone says, oh, I'm going to park my car and you're in your driveway and you take it for a joyride like, uh, you know, it's like Furious Bueller 2017 and then trying to drive it backwards after when you're done and all this other nonsense, right? It's not, that's not, that's not what the, that's not what this is about. And when you judge, judge with justice. Justice is not justice for people, for, for Muslims only. That when it's time to like, when it's time to like, whatever, they're banning us or whatever, we're gonna go and like yell and scream at the airport. And then when they're deporting other people, they're like, yeah, I got homework th- this week. <laughs> <laughs> when you judge between people, then judge with justice. Why? Turban is not for sale, hijab is not, the beard is not for sale. It's not for the one who reads the Qur'an and prays this salat, prays these five times daily salat, that person is not for sale. How many a time how many a time has there been a, a case adjudicated between either Rasulullah or one of his companions between them and between a person of a different faith and Sayyidina Ali anh, who gives the, the hukum in favor of the other? Sayyidina Rasulullah gives the hukum in favor of the other. Why? Because this is what... How you apply this, this is up to you. You may know better to how to apply it than I, I do. Maybe I know how, better how to apply it. Maybe nine times out of 10, you're right. Maybe one time out of 10, I'm right. Allah Ta'ala knows best. As we go from universals to particularity, then it's less clear what's the hot and what's not. But the universals, these things live in our heart as an aqidah, that we love justice. We love the people of justice and we love the people that are trustworthy. And we hate the people of injustice and we hate the people of treachery. Whether they call themselves a Muslim or they call themselves anybody else, Saddam Hussein, the former ruler of Iraq, in the Reagan administration, the CIA director was asked, because he was a big ally of this country at that time. And I suggest he wasn't good in those days and he wasn't as evil as they make him out to And, and afterward. But he was a person and he did many wrong things as well. But he also maybe, uh, uh, you know, he's not like the incarnation of evil that people make him into. Every human being is has part, part of what they do is good and part of what they do is bad. And when you allow someone to teach you that anyone other than the prophets are 100% good, you've been made a fool out of. And when you allow someone to teach you that anyone is co- completely pure evil more than shaitan, then you've allowed them to make a fool out of you. This Saddam, he gassed so many of his people. The Kurds, he gassed so many of the people who were put, Allah, put in, his, in, his, in his trust. He gassed them. He killed the men, women, children, he gassed them. And they asked the CIA director under uh, Reagan Reagan administration, like, this guy killed so many different people and whatever, what do you say about him? He, oh, he laughs." he goes, he's a son of a bitch, but he's our son of a bitch. <laughs> we do not, we are people of God we may be imperfect ourselves. We may have a lot to work on about ourselves. We may have a lot to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. Our neighbors may not, may, may not give a good report about us on the Day of Judgment. Our family members may not give a good report about us on the Day of Judgment. We have to work on that. There's no one we can shirk it off on. But I tell you right now as a witness against myself and a witness against you, that we do not subscribe to the our son of a bitch madhab and our, the our son of a bitch aqidah. The one who is with the truth, that person, Allah loves him and the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa loves him. And the people of Allah love him or her. And the person who is with the falsehood, his beard can be award-winning. Her hijab can be the, the hijabiest of hijab, niqab, burqa, whatever. right? They can, be, they can be slick-talking, wonderful. CNN may love them. Fox News may love them. That person may be like just this wonderful, everyone like loves that person. But if Allah Ta'ala loves them, what what love is there left? That person is completely as if they're unloved. Just like the person, if the entire universe should hate them. If Allah Ta'ala loves them, then that person is so enveloped with love. There's nothing that can touch that person, neither in this world nor in the hereafter. So if you want to stay grounded, don't worry about what's happening on CNN. Don't worry about what's happening on BBC. Don't worry about what's happening on Fox News. Don't worry about what's happening on NPR. You can listen to the news if you want to, that's fine. But what did Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say, Allahumma la dunya akbara hammina wala ilmina. Oh Allah, do not make the dunya, our, the greater part of our concern, nor, nor, nor we ask you, nor should you make it the extent of our knowledge. Rather, if you want to watch those things, watch them. Use the information you get from them to the degree it's useful and after that, shut it off. Use the information you get from them in order to make your decisions in the dunya based on what's best for you and, and your family and your loved ones, in this world and in the and hereafter. What is the greater source of your knowledge? Go back to the book of Allah Ta'ala. Whoever doesn't hear, whoever doesn't know alif, ba, ta, tha, how to read Arabic properly, or they learn the letters but they don't know how to join them together, or they uh, join them together but it's hard for them. Make a Niyah in your heart right now, that I'm going to go and sit with the children if I have to I'm sit with the children in the masjid. This is a priority I'm going to learn to read the book of Allah Ta'ala. The one who doesn't know Arabic, which is not just Desi people, also are mashah, the b- good brothers of the Shlonek and the Shubaddik public and the Isaac you know, public and whatever. Uh, you know, they also, we're talking about classical Arabic, it's a different language. It's a similar, but it's a different language, right? Learn, learn that language so that you can understand the book of Allah Ta'ala and the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, al-Rasul al-Arabi. You can understand their, their, their tongue. It's not rocket science. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I figured it out. And I know a lot of people who figured it out. People who have full-time jobs doing other things they figured it because it's what they made time for. Sit in the halaqat of the ulama, the people who sat with those people, who sat with those people, who sat with those people, who sat with the Anbiya, with the Sayyidul Anbiya, Sayyidul Kownini, Sayyidina Muhammad, sit with them. You will receive some nisbah of of the suhbah of the Prophet, by sitting with them. If one of them says something you don't like, or one of them you don't like, then sit with the other one. So many people, you have so many, mashallah, this is the city of Muftis and Qaris and Etc. cetera ulama if you don't if you want to you know if you want to play uh, politics you got you got you got white ulama you got black ulama you got this ulama you got people born here you got people born people somewhere else you have mashallah people's superior accents mashallah that are absolutely <laughs> wonderful and they're actually there for your service actually they're for your service as a msa member mashallah i didn't have no msa chaplain i you know i, I we i had to literally leave this this uh, continent in order to learn the things that are delivered to you at your fingertips. If you cannot sit with Rasulullah sit with the ones who sat with the ones who sat with them because they breathe the same air that the people breathed before them, that the people breathed before them, that your unfast your breaths will meet with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Hear the hadith of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the one who couldn't meet him in person, let him meet him through his hadith. Meet the ulama warathatul anbiya, the heirs of the Prophet sallallahu wasallam. If you want to know about somebody and that person died, you'll know more about them by visiting their children. Then you will by visiting anyone else because they know them for their entire life. They're the ones who literally have their physical artifacts. You can go see them. The ulama, علي, the ulama, may Allah Ta'ala, may Allah Ta'ala rectify their hal and give them strength and himma and increase their numbers and make them people that people listen to and accept from. Those ulama are there. You can meet them. Not all of them are the fancy pants ones that like, uh, you know, are at big conferences and like cost a lot of money to visit them and they won't give you their email address. There are some of them, they're not really slick talking people like myself, like a, some kind of spiritual used car salesman uh, hawking like paradigm and narrative and cultural references and all this other nonsense on you so that you can be entertained and like maintain enough like a, a, a spiritual attention span. There are some of them, maybe they don't speak real fancy, but the universals, they understand them inside out. Go sit with them go sit with them. Take that howl from them. Drink it in your mind, drink it inside of your heart. And when the mind and the heart are in tow, the body has no choice except for to go with. The body will be restless at the time of Fajr. The body is going to hate to consume the haram. The eyes are going to want to look at the haram and the heart's going to say, no, not today. The ears are going to want to hear the haram, but it's not, that beat's not going to be jamming like it was yesterday. Why? Because the heart is not into it. The mind is not into it anymore. It's it's, it's done, it's withering away. Its effect and grip on you is weakening. Be people, your tawajjah and your himmah, your concentration and your aspirations are focused not on the many, but on the one. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep you in his protection as long as you're written to be in this world. If that's more time, mashallah, alhamdulillah. And if it's less time, then wh- whoever dies with la ilaha illallah, what's in front of him is always better than what's behind him. Nobody ever wants to go back. The angels come to him and give him bishara, the glad tidings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the, the, the blessings that he's prepared for you, here they'll, show, they'll literally show them to you, nobody's going to want to go back. However long you are in this world, if you are the one who take the haq as a friend, as a wali, al-haq jalla ala takes you as his wali. And even if you and I are not very good friends to our friends, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, once he befriends a person, he never lets them down. Allah Ta'ala never lets them down, Allah Ta'ala never abandons them, even if you may go through some difficulty, you will live to see with your own eyes and feel with your own heart why that thing that was something that was a a disappointment to you actually was the best thing that could have happened. It was the best thing that could have happened to you. Be a person who is is with the Haqq and just like Musa and Bani Israel, Allah Ta'ala will take you from point A to point B in the most miraculous and unexpected of ways possible. And if you want to sell out in order to chummy up with Fir'aun, then don't blame Milana Hamza when you end up in the bottom of the sea. Don't blame anybody. Don't make a documentary about why you ended up in the bottom of the sea. Don't, don't, Don't complain about, oh, you know, masjid was inaccessible and it was unfriendly and blah, 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 this, that. Don't blame anybody else other than yourself. Every single difficulty you go through, and your path to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is rewarded richly. And the one who, his talab is sincere, the one who is seeking is sincere. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala will make the means for that person to be successful, even if they don't exist, and even if it's in the most extraordinary way possible. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala give all of us tawfiq that He 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 Himself take it upon Himself to take us into into His own hands to take us into his own riayah, that we be the shepherds of his, that he be the shepherd of us we be part of his flock that we stay in the 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 the, the, the hima of, of, of his deen with his anbiya السلام, with Sayyidina nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam and with his azwaj mutahharat and with his ahlul al Kiram, and with his dhurriya tayyiba and with all of those that he loves that we should be people that wherever we go the haq goes with us we love to see the haq we love to hear the haq we love to we love to speak the hak we everything about the hak we love it we love that it should sit in our minds and in our hearts and that our body should then be dragged to it even if by force. May Allah Ta'ala make us people who are people of haq and cleanse our eyes and ears and our tongues from the batil and make us people who are not for sale because we're priceless rather than make us people who are sale for sale and then shaitan and fir'aun and all of these uh, lackeys of this age can argue with one another over uh, over who's going to get a cheaper price and a cheaper bargain when they buy us forever. Allah Ta'ala protect us from such an end. Allah Ta'ala make us a people with value with him even though we have no value of ourselves but if he values us then there's nothing more Valuable than us in this world. wa